0: hey guys welcome to bang the iron radio uh what's it been a little bit of craziness going on i don't know if you've ever bought a house but if you do um well let me start over if you ever build a house i would definitely recommend uh trying to uh get your best patience going really uh you know it's a it's a tough process to say the least especially when you're involved with the builder i have um gosh so many steps and i think that's one of the hardest things about uh you know when it comes to teamwork that's by no means the topic today but uh, i will say that uh, when it comes to projects and teamwork and having to be a part of a big process uh, it's really pivotal that everybody follows through and uh, i think that's a lesson i'm learning today i think that's probably why i had such a control issues during my youth and even to this day i feel like hey if i want something done might as well do it for myself um so if anybody out there hears that message and says oh that's me uh you know definitely uh maybe send me a little shout out or share this with someone else who might be something along those lines but uh today we're going to be talking about a specific topic uh, and that topic is i don't like sbd uh, sbd days um you know, it's not to stem from any conversations I've had recently with anybody. So if you are someone who has talked to me about SBD days or has mentioned SBD days or, you know, that concept of itself, just uh, understand this is not one of those undertones to say, hey, you made me so madam having to make a podcast about it. But it is an interesting topic, uh, at least to me. So I kind of want to talk about why it interests me and what is um, the issues I have with an SPD day. So first of all, as always, I like to preface um, the situation and to let you know that I'm not saying you're wrong for doing SPD days. Um, You know, a lot of times when we have these Conversations on the podcast—it's just me expressing, you know, myself and uh, the experience I have doing, you know, programming or actually lifting and working with other people, you know, whatever kind of performance it is. Um, and I just, with time, I have just not liked this concept, um, and there's a few reasons why. So I'm going to kind of, you know, roll into this one and uh you know have some fun with it and by the way there will not be any disruption or there will not be any disrupt or disruptions um so no breaks we're going all in 100% and because i have limited time i don't want to take a break from the conversation but you know i was in a shell for a while so i kind of felt like uh i had uh, a grasp on strength coaching and like i've mentioned before i've worked through different avenues so When I talk about strength, I'm not just saying, hey, I've been with powerlifters or strongmen. I've also worked with traditional teams and been in a traditional setting. So I don't want anyone to think I'm limiting myself in that sense. I'm talking about this just in general. Um, But I was in a shell for a while. I think probably for three, four, five years, at least for myself, I was almost doing the the same uh, template. Our template, if you will, uh, with my own workouts. Now, working with other people, I had different programs, everything set up, and uh, you know, probably the last five or six years. During that time, you know, I'll say this: a couple years ago, back then, during that time frame in my life, I was working with uh, you know various team sports. So, I was working with you know um, football players and volleyball players, and it was a very traditional setting, uh, and we did the programming in a different fashion. Uh, and if anybody can relate to this or understand this, the way you program one sport is completely different than the other. So when I'm doing things like volleyball, basketball, we're talking about power cleans, hang cleans, you know, a lot of those Olympic movements. But if I was to redirect my focus back into powerlifting for a moment, you know, I'm a big avid supporter of powerlifting. I did powerlifting for a long time and, um, you know, this shell I'm talking about for a few years, I did the same style. Um, and I really felt like, I was kind of just becoming complacent, but at the same time, I wasn't really chasing down, um, you know, having any different style that I wanted to pursue. I just kind of thought, well, I'll go to the gym. Just, you know, I usually do some kind of curl on Friday or I I do some kind of speed press on Thursday. So I didn't really change much up. But when I started harvesting strength back in 2019, um, I, I started to figure out pretty quick that social media had a huge impact on, Lifting and strength, and especially with my focus, that's happened to become strongman and powerlifting, and I am aspiring to connect with some more people who are into that power building or bodybuilding mentality. But I found out that the programming on social media um, in those strength sports, especially, was pretty dominant with uh, people who liked SBD days or SBD variation days, Um, and I'll I'll mention what I mean by that in a minute. Um, I just noticed this style where, you know, it might be, and I could mess this up, but this is how I view it. And if you're someone on social media, this is how you're pushing it out there. But I've seen people who like on Monday will do pause squats, three sets of three, um, you know, 70% back downs on bench, six sets of four, and then uh, a Romanian deadlift for three sets of eight, and then some kind of um, maybe like bicep tricep variation and a core movement and then on Wednesday they might change it to you know a pause squat triple to maybe it's bench triples at a heavier max uh load or sub sub maximal load um, and then you know it might be speed squats and then deficit deadlifts and then Friday might be the heavier deadlift that... so you, you kind of see what's happening every day they're squatting benching and deadlifting, and I'll tell you something. When you're learning a skill, it's definitely important to get a ton of practice in. And I think science and research and all these people who have written literature about skills tell you you need 10,000 hours to master that. And maybe there's a misconception out there to where people need to continuously squat, deadlift, and bench in order to get better at it. And I think the more that I think about it and the more that I speak about it even in this moment, I really feel like people are misunderstanding that their deficiencies in squat, benching, deadlifting, maybe overhead pressing, I consider that a big movement too. Maybe they feel like their deficiency is the fact they're not getting enough practice. So they do much more volume throughout the week with it. And I'm here to tell you that um, I just don't think that that's a very successful mindset. Um, And I'm trying to bring it back into a comment that I mentioned earlier. I have some notes, you know, that's one of the more important things when you, when you speak as to have the notes, but, um, I really felt like this whole SPD mindset. Okay. So I found my, my way back to my point. I found this SPD mindset to be just not as a, a very successful idea. Um, because, If you really do break down your deficiencies in squat, benching, and deadlifting, it could very well be a technical issue or uh, a strength issue. So for example, I know one of the lifters I have has really bad back flexion when they squat. So when we do our squatting days, um, and I'm not going to dig deep into the split we have just for time restraints, but on the squat days, I really try to promote front squats, SSB squats, high bar squats, uh, band resisted uh, squats, dead squats, um, you know, bands and things like that, isometrics. I even did it where we did a dead good morning and I was really working on, uh, you know, the erector's posture. I was also doing hip stretching, hip mobility to, you know, promote the ability for this person to, you know, showcase an anterior pelvic tilt because I think his hips might have been too too tight. I really started to thrive in harvesting strength because I started to correct people's movement. So, instead of us just thinking, well, I need more bench reps to get better at bench, I started to say, Hey, let's look at your bench. Let's look at the quality of your bench. And maybe there's some modifications and things we can do to fix your bench. I mean, if you have lockout issues, maybe we can talk about using bands or doing the dead bench, uh, or board pressing, you know, some other stuff that can fix it. JM press. Um, so my mindset, uh, to really grow someone's movement was to, you know, not do SBD days constantly, but rather to promote, um, corrective movements and to isolate muscles, uh, to help fix that movement. So let's say, let's go back to this person who has the bad back flexion, you know, on Monday, we'll do the squats and we'll do the squats, uh, major sets, two sets of three doubles singles, you know, build up over time with that linear progression. But, we'll do the squat and then we'll go into another squat variation that's really going to promote big improvements in their technique. So like I mentioned, huge back flexion I want to work on. Obviously, the hips mobility, strength, but I also want to maybe put ourselves in a position that we typically see in a meet and try to learn to overcome those. So what I mean by that is is I would go from squats to like a dead good morning. So in that position um I would have it to where the pins were at a setting. I would get them underneath the bar and I would put it to where their hips are elevated. And it was kind of like a hybrid squat slash good morning. So it wasn't a true good morning where it was just horizontal um, hip extension through that sagittal plane. I was actually trying to get the hips down so they would ascend With their hips as well as pushing their hips forward, but I would have their hips higher. So whenever they're coming out of that position, their back was, you know, might be thirty degrees relative to the ground. So hopefully you can envision this to where you're seeing someone doing like a squat, but they're at a disadvantage with their their posture being downward. And in this dead good morning, they had to overcome that positioning, but. During that positioning i would tell them hey have a neutral head placement flat back spine Um, i would even do it where maybe there's bands so at the bottom it wasn't as heavy but then during lockout it got heavier or maybe i did lighter loads and worked on explosiveness uh, after the fact, but I really tried to put them at those disadvantaged positions they would see typically, so that as we continued forward with the program, those disadvantaged technical deficiencies grew, and then we 'd went off to other things. you know I might have done with them speed squats with the band on the SSB bar and they would have used the, SSS, the SSB bar, but someone else might have used just a plain bar or a cambered bar or a Swiss bar to help with their shoulder issues. Um, so there are systems that I have intact, but every person is treated differently. And I really want to promote those, uh, those isolated situations to grow their technique. And then after those big movements and speed movements, uh, I would follow up with isolating the muscle and really growing it. Um, especially like you know if I see on bench your elbows flare out and we have issues with more torque in the shoulder joint I'm gonna make sure that at the end of the bench workout, we're really hitting the triceps pretty hard, um, and putting you into position to be successful later on. And this all just pertains to powerlifting, but we can also think about this in strongman too. I mean, if in strongman you're seeing yourself having bad positioning, uh, you know, with your overhead press, where you have might you might have too much of a lean, or you know, you not, might not be loading your hips correctly. Uh, we can do those corrective movements too to complement uh, the situation at hand, but. Needless to say, um, I just don't think that individualistic approach and attention to detail can really carry forward with an SBD day, uh, especially if that's your true programming. Um, and again, this is my view and how I feel about it. And I think that with the amount of time I've spent on this and the amount of people I've worked with and how successful uh, you know Harvesting Strength has become, uh, I think that this concept really does work. Um, To where we take movements we focus on them and not only uh are we just having squat days bench days but we're throwing in other stuff too uh so don't get me wrong i mean we could still very well squat twice a week you know mondays heavier squat um And then some deadlift variations at the end. Uh, But then on Thursday, a heavier deadlift and then faster squats. Typically, I like to put the squats in the front end because when you compete, you squat before you deadlift. And those squatting speed mechanics can help engage the hips for a better deadlift. Uh, So we're still doing... Uh, multiple instances of a squat, bench, or deadlift throughout the week, but it's not just a true, hey, just squat, hey, bench, just bench, and hey, just deadlift and, you know, learn how to hinge your hips or how to pivot your hips or whatever some of these terms are that I see sometimes on social media. I'm really trying to break down the barriers of the biomechanics of movements and to promote muscular growth at certain phases to just get these movements popping. And um, I think, too – Another issue with the SBD uh, days that are often consistent is um, there's this neuromuscular drop off, um, like coordination, like neuromuscular coordination is kind of becoming fatigued because even if you were to tell me, hey, we're going to squat heavy and then today we'll bench light and then we'll do like an RDL instead of a deadlift uh, at lighter loads, we're still doing a ton of multi-joint movements in that case, and you're not getting to isolate um, muscle groups or or joints, um, which could not have not have or not become as fatiguing on the central nervous system in that sense. So, I think that's another issue too. Sometimes people will go online and say, "Man, this uh, this SBD day really you know f- uh, deep fried my CNS." But in reality, I think it's just uh, you know it's just the plan is not conducive to uh, the growth you really want. And I'll tell you, because I don't, you know, I don't like these SPD days. I was about to say I don't believe in them, but I'm not trying to piss off anybody. But with these SPD days, I've lost some good clients from it. I know that I had one um, who just didn't like the idea that I was only having them squat a couple times a week. And I even have, you know, very successful lifters who, you know, are on the verge of, squatting 700 and benching 400 and doing these great things. And at the end of the program, because they're so advanced, I tell them, hey, this block, this four-week block, you're only going to squat heavy twice. Um, I mean, you'll squat heavy on different variations, but we're only going to test your squat two times this month. And I think that's fair to rest and recover and grow. Um, But other people get scared and nervous because I think that's another result of SBD days is because people kind of seem... um, worrisome or they seem scared uh, because if they can't do a true SBD workout and kind of prep for meat in that sense, they don't think that'll carry to to meat day. But, you know, you you just got to trust the system and trust yourself because, I mean, I don't really train people to do that. And I've trained a lot of people and they've done very well. And I just don't like that uh, concept um, of having to do an SBD day just to have that, just to say you feel good about going into a meet. And, you know, what if you have a bad SBD day? Like <laughs> that's going to carry on to the meet too. You know what I'm saying? So I think those are some things that I uh, think about when it comes to this uh, concept of, should I do an SBD day? Should I not? Should I do an SBD program? I think it's just and I'll get in trouble for saying this, I'm sure, but I think it's kind of a fearful approach. Uh, you're worried, and you want to make sure that, oh, okay, I did a heavy triple of squat, and then I did bench and deadlift, and okay, I'm ready for the meet day. No, 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 Just, you'll be fine. <laughs> you just got to also pr- practice your mental uh, fortitude that could, uh, you know, correspond to a good performance. And, you know, like I said, I was missing out on some, you know, potential prospects because of this SBD thing. But, you know, I I think I'm very excited for the future of Harvesting Strength and hopefully some of the people that might have felt on the verge of joining. You know, maybe you'll listen to this podcast and, uh, you know, it'll give you some things to think about. But, you know, at the end of the day. Everybody does everything different and I could train one person one way and someone else can train that same person a different way and we could come up with the same results, you know? So I'm not against people finding success that corresponds to their beliefs. But I will tell you that My beliefs, I think, have um, really justified my actions and that's why I've never really been swayed to uh, go down a different route. So I appreciate you guys listening today. If you got questions or concerns, please feel free to contact me at HarvestingStrike.com. Share this with someone. Maybe someone could uh, really resonate with this information. And I look forward to the next podcast that we can host.